So we're talking about truth today and the struggle that I think we have as parents uh, in this day and age is teaching our kids to uh, against the idea, this idea of live your truth, right? Live their truth. This is where we see mm. all of the ideas about if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, if you're a girl wanting to be a boy, like it's this is my truth or this is what this is what I want to live live like because this is my truth. And so mm. I I just it's so grating, right, to <laughs> a Christian because there's only one truth and that is God's word and that's God's truth. And so um, I definitely think that we can um, approach this from a place of compassion, but we also need to em- yep. embrace the gospel, fight this truth uh, or this idea of truth with the actual capital T truth uh, and why it's so important to teach our kids from a young age that this type of vocabulary, this type of thinking, this type of uh, conversation or vocabulary mm. is 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 not godly and it is not the way that the Lord wants us to live. And so we are going to discuss more of that on the other side. You know, it seems in our society these days that the ideas of truth and love are so often juxtaposed. Yeah. Right. You know, in scripture, we are called very explicitly to speak the truth in love. Right. Now, it doesn't change what is said. It changes maybe the means by which we communicate what is said. But the truth is the truth. Right. And so we don't speak a more loving truth. <laughs> I mean, of course, if we believe it's the truth, and we do, that we believe the most loving thing we can do is, is reveal the truth to somebody. Now, you don't want to be... Uh, you know, I don't think it's loving to do that in some cases. It's really hard to be loving online. That's one of the biggest places <laughs> where uh, it that you know relationship is almost non-existent. Yeah. And you're telling some stranger through wires a thousand miles away that their whole worldview is based on a lie. Like, okay, you're speaking the truth, but it's really hard to do that in a loving way. Right. Not to say you're not being loving, but they may or may not feel loved. There's a lot of factors that are missing there. And of course, if they're not softened to it, they're not open to it, they're not going to hear the truth. So what we want to talk about here today is this notion that teaching our kids that they can live their truth and why that's a terrible idea to teach them to teach them that or to as parents to not actively dispel that lie and uproot it right. um, at, in the hearts of our children so something has happened in our society over yeah. the last well really about 100 years and you get all the way down to you know the uh, uh, postmodernism and what that did in terms of deconstructionism Guys like Jacques Derrida yeah. and different philosophers and things basically said, like, no ideas actually have any foundation in reality. It's all based on perception. And that's why you get English teachers who can read, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, and they can tell uh, they can tell you what the author meant when the author clearly means something else, right? That's postmodernism. There's no, no such thing as truth other than what perception is. So perception mm-hmm. is more reality than it ever has been in the past. So everything seems like it's up for debate, okay? So I'm going to mention this on the intro, is that gender, okay, as we all know, is up for debate. You know, there's no, for, for all of human existence, it's been male and female. I mean, now all of a sudden, that all that history is up for grabs. Uh, sexuality, meaning that, you know, basically anyone's sexual expression should be equally valid and equally supported in the, in the public square. That's up for debate. We obviously don't agree with that. We believe in biblical marriage and monogamy, one woman, one, uh, one, woman, one man for life in a, in a covenantal marriage. Uh, in that case, the meaning of marriage is up for grabs, okay? Mm-hmm. We just saw a, a bill pass that completely debases, you know, and it's almost like a slap in the face. They called it the, what, the Respect for Marriage Act, and it's yeah. a complete disrespect for God's institution that he designed for us. So these these are the obvious ones, but 
the other things are up to, up for debate. Okay, math. If you've, if you've read Orwell recently, 1984, you know one of the big things is he's trying to get uh, Winston, the, the antagonist, are trying to get Big Brother, is trying to get Winston to admit that two plus two equals five. Okay, that that debate happened like a year ago in the public square. Age. Okay, I recently saw a thing about people who are age identifying. Huh. Like I should be able to identify as a 14 year old boy, hmm. even though I just had my birthday. Right. I'm out over the hill. <laughs> But I should be able to live my truth. Right. And it, by the way, if you tell me not to live my truth, you're a bigot. So that's up for grabs. Okay. So we can't, we can't have conversations about yeah. what truth is because you're already labeled a bigot and the door is slammed in your face, which is ironic, right? Because if we're looking for validation and we're seeking relationships, I don't think slamming the door in somebody's face is a great way to start. Um, there's also this idea that... Like you said, everything is up for grabs. So what is actually defining truth, right? It's what makes you happy is is what our society is basically saying. Yeah, it's a popular way of saying you should be able to do whatever makes you happy and no one can question it. It's your truth. And if they question it, they're either ignorant or bigoted or both. Right, right. And, and that's, that's silliness. Well, because then, ironically, you aren't actually able to have relationships with other people. Well, I don't think these people are looking for a relationship. They, they want... They want their identity to to be the complete center of not only their universe, right, but your universe as well. Yes. And so like if we tell our child to go live their truth and they decide that their truth is to be a shoplifter, are we going to say, good job living your truth? <laughs> You've just become a shoplifter. Your truth not, is not for now, but utopia, that, child. that may happen in the future. Because too. the reality kids, is it's, it's silly, but it's, well, people are, are, you know, they're heading down that path of, yeah qualifying everything and, and requiring you to qualify it as well and to value it. And we don't buy it. And nope. so we're here to tell you not to buy it because because this is the truth. You can no more have your truth any more than you can have your gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump off this cliff because you know what? It's my gravity. I'm going to live my gravity. And my gravity says I'm going to fly up to the moon. And there you go, splat off the cliff, all right? You can't have your own <laughs> truth. You, can, you can't have your own truth any more than you can have your uh. own version of reality right and so if we let our kids imbibe this sort of nonsense yeah this sort of relativity okay we not only i think we do we do them a great disservice i'll just say that we do them a great disservice because there is no such thing as relative truth well and i think there's relative preference yeah there's relative knowledge there's relative ability but the truth itself is not relative and so relative truth will always lead to absolute folly absolute lies and i think as Christian parents, we need to be sharp on these things. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect and that I know, you know, everything there is to know. I mean, before this whole wave of wokeism came, Ryan and I were having debates on on things and, and having hard conversations. And I'm like, why am I not? Why are we not on the same page? And what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Right. What is what is this truth that you're saying? Oh, this is when critical race theory was still just a yes, textbook idea. When it was just it was an like idea. five years ago. We were debating. Yes. This. Yeah, that's right. And so. As parents, we need to be sharp on this. We need to be vigilant in seeing the messages that are, are coming at our kids, whether that's through books or that's through media, mm-hmm. uh, what they're consuming, because it's very subtle. I mean, you've got 
the little mermaid from 25 years ago that's like you know follow your heart all those types of things <laughs> and you will hear our children say we don't follow our heart like <laughs> my heart is deceitful we, above all things <laughs> and we're not saying that's perfect but we are trying to begin planting those seeds having those conversations that says no your heart is not good it is not something that you should follow you may feel emotions or something but who's our who's our ultimate um, authority and and who what 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 word do we actually live by what truth is the actual truth right and the, the tricky thing is what we see is no longer uh reliable as truth and here's Absolutely, what i mean by yeah. that um we have to know the truth outside of our experience yes because think about it okay uh i'm i don't use instagram a lot selena knows this she'll send me messages that are funny and i don't get them for like until you tell me to get to get them <laughs> in person but on instagram they have these filters Filters that women put on their faces and they show the, you know, half is with the filter, half is without the filter. And you'll be like, that is not even the same person. Right. They have, I was downloading, what app was I? I was getting an app onto my phone. I can't remember what it was. Uh, anyway, net below it was like this, uh, a, a different app that they were advertising for. And the app was literally the whole point of this app was to doctor your selfies in such a way that you don't even look like a real person. It's basically one step above deep fake technology i i can change my hairstyle i can change how my jawbone structure looks i can change my eye color i can change my face you know like my my skin tone all that kind of stuff and it's no longer like if someone sends you a a, a picture of themselves or you see a post on social media or even you watch a video there's no telling if that's actually the truth right it's funny i I joke I, i used to say uh well i still say this actually I think costumes are a form of lying. <laughs> he hates anything like dressing up and other it. than someone that is not himself. <laughs> you're pretending to be someone you're not. Now, it's not quite a lie because you're acknowledging that, hey, I'm dressing up as a cat. I'm a human being dressing and acting maybe in some ways as a cat. It becomes a lie when you start treating the pretend reality as the truth. Okay. So if a child dresses as a cat, say, that's cute. You're, you're a human dressing as a cat. They say, no, I'm actually a cat. Let's talk. Let's call a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, you know, even I, I would even go so far as to say like some like some stuff like yoga pants. It's just a lie that's in your face because <laughs> of the way that it changes or like Spanx. Remember those? I never wore them. <laughs> remember those? Like I wore well, them. <laughs> no, but you remember like there are these things that people would wear to make yeah. their their fat not look fat. Yeah. And I saw this. There was a pastor. I remember like five years ago, I had a website and it was this website that was all about pastor fashion. And he was saying, like, pastors should wear Spanx. Here's why Spanx are the best, because you look fit on stage. And I'm like, I don't know what you are, but this is not what pastors. You're Spanx under the clothes, right? Yes. Okay, that's all I'm envisioning is pastors in Spanx without pants. And I'm like, where is this going? This is just too much. This is my brain right now, people. But the point is, like, our reality is so experiential right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's so, truth is so based on the experience. Yeah. And it, and at some point you got to face the actual truth. Right, we're idealizing and we are idolizing mm-hmm. ourselves right. above God, and uh, humanity is just uh, once again elevating themselves through expression, through emotions, through whatever they believe. So, so we're going to kind of pick this apart. This idea that you can choose your own truth, live your own truth. There's there's five kind of aspects of this that we want to help you reject, okay. reject that lie. Okay, so the first aspect of that to reject is that. This lies that you can choose who you want to be. Hmm. Now you might be saying, "Well, Ryan, you can kind of choose who you want to be because you can choose to be an astronaut. You can choose to be a you know." That's whatever. done and over, people. That was last. 
that was the last 10 years. This time you can choose to be a cat or you can choose to be a boy. If you're a girl, you can choose to be. So here's a, here's Let's what define this term. So there's two books out right now. Uh, I don't know when they were released. I think the la- the latter one I'm going to mention was released fairly recently. Uh, there's one called Live Your. They're both called Live Your Truth. Oh. One How is by a happen? guy named Kamal Ravikant. Okay, he wrote that the first version, and then there's Alicia Childers. She okay. wrote the second Live Your Truth, and the second Live Your Truth is basically Live Your Truth and other lies that society will tell you. Right. Hers is so I've not read that book, it's but I think Alicia Childers is, is pretty reliable. She's an apologist. She talks about like uh, progressive Christianity. She yeah. debunks it. Um, but anyway, th- this first author who wrote this other book called Live Your Truth, not Alicia, Alicia Childers, uh, says this, uh, you can always choose who you want to be and how you want to feel. The more you work on the inside and the less you let outside circumstances define you, the better your life will be. You'll not only make better decisions, but you'll also attract the right people and opportunities. Okay, so at best, this is new age garbage. Right. right. The law of attraction, right? Like if you just basically project the kind of good vibes you want to receive out into the universe, then that will then somehow attract, which is funny to me because usually opposite well, opposite charges attract, not... Right. <laughs> well, and the interesting thing about this is that there is, I think, some little slice of truth in it that you... We can work on ourselves. Like, we can... You can have attitudes that yes. are positive. You, like you can have a horrible circumstance and you can... Yes, child, you can respond to that circumstance horribly. Right. Or you can respond to that circumstance with a faith-filled, godly reaction. Right. Where you're calibrating, you know, your, your attitude, you're taking captive right. thoughts and making them but obedient the, to Christ. The objective is not to have a better life or to get better friends. The objective is to be obedient to God's word. Well, but the idea that you can change, this is what I hooked onto with this, is this, you can choose who you want to be. Okay. Now, I think what he means partially by this and this is where it's smuggled in yeah because our kids don't just i'm talking kids in general not the frederick kids but they know that they can choose their attitude yes but the lie that they're giving being told is that you can actually create your own version of reality based Mm. on who you want to be do you feel like being the gender that you weren't created as you can choose that Mm. that's because you know it's all it's all up for grabs so that's what i'm trying to reject here got it so the way that we reject this this idea that you can actually choose to create your own reality, um, who you are as a, your own identity, is that your identity is this, child. Again, we're talking to our children now. Right. You are made in God's image for a purpose, and that purpose is singular, to glorify him. Right. You, you are not here to get as much, to squeeze as much happiness out of this life. You are not here to actualize your version of reality that you want. You are here to reflect the image of God in a way that glorifies him. Right. That is the one soul uh, uh, infusing purpose that will change everything. We get this from Ephesians 2, verse 10. Do you want to read that? Sure. Uh, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Again, the importance of, which are things that we mentioned quite a bit on this podcast or this video, these videos, um, knowing and memorizing scripture first and foremost, second knowing and memorizing or catechizing your children because what is that what is that answer where did you get that answer from sorry what 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 catechism did you get that you are made we're got we're made in god's image to glorify him oh yeah uh what is this what is the chief what is the chief end of man right yeah to enjoy god and glorify glorify him forever right these simple truths training your children in them 
they will be sharp. They will understand yeah. and see the lie for what it is. And they will be able to reject it and ideally have compassion on the people that are struggling and be winsome in their conversations with uh, people that embrace these lies as truth. So the second facet of this, this is going to uh, ruffle some feathers. And I think it's a lie. Now hear me out. A lie is this. You can choose what you want to do. Now what I mean by that, what, why, why I think that's going to, ruffle some feathers is that yeah okay we mentioned earlier you can choose if you want to go to college or not go to college you can choose if you want to go to be a teacher or to be a doctor like generally i don't i'm not going to argue with that but the premise is this and this is a quote again from the same book uh it's by uh ravikant is the is the author he said we need to minimize our regrets and choose to do what we want instead of what we should Hmm. okay i i reject that wholesale we don't get to choose what we want we don't get to act purely on desire as Christians. Yeah. And I don't think there's a bedrock to that to that statement that is more real than the idea that I should be able to do whatever I want. And right. what I mean by that is, you know, I, there are certain jobs that, yes, our version, our worldly will not allow. You know, I, I can't go in good conscience and do every any job that I would want to do. I can't go act in any way that I want. We're going to talk about that one next because you can choose to act however you want to act behave. and behave how you want to behave. But the point is, is that desire does not trump duty. Mm-hmm. And, and, but here's the thing, when we have a worldview that is completely centered around Christ, we look to him and say, Christ, you are my Lord, my savior. What would you have me do? Mm-hmm. The duty he assigns is going to be infused with joy. That is going to out, out joy uh-huh. any desire that came from my own heart. Right. Again, when we're, I love what you, how you said that when we're centered around Christ, his desires become our desires, right? Amen. You can say that in Proverbs. Like yeah. you, he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, there's a huge first part of that verse, which is seek first Absolutely. the kingdom of God. And we have a lot of people that would, would say they'd gloss over the seek first part and then they would gladly take the he'll give you the desires part. Well, really, they're not seeking first. They're yeah. seeking maybe third or fourth the kingdom of God or the, and give me all the desires that, of my heart. And the motivation is your heart desires versus actually seeking and knowing God because when right. you seek and know the Lord uh, for who he is then those your desires become his and so there's this this match of, and that's why yeah. the joy comes and that's where the the fulfillment the contentment uh, the obedience the duty the joyful duty comes in yeah that's good the other facet of this idea of living your truth that we want to debunk is the facet that says you can choose how you want to behave in other words you can choose your own morality uh, morality is preferential and anyone who says otherwise under this worldview is closed-minded and bigoted which we've covered that a little bit hmm. but if it's so preferential why make the moral <laughs> statement that's the thing is a lot of times people are borrowing from yeah. the Christian Judeo-Christian worldview and saying it is unjust to tell someone what they love is wrong well where's your idea of justice coming from right and why are you why why did you feel the need to tell me that I'm being unjust? Right. So there's something You're there's some moral free. structure there telling you right. that you are more righteous than me in this case. So tell me where are you getting that morality from? Yeah. And you'll find it's usually just a cherry picked version of Judeo Christian morality. Right. And they've gotten rid of all the stuff they don't like, and then they've just made you feel bad about not right. getting rid of that stuff yourself. So instead, teach them God's law by teaching them his word. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is John 14, starting in verse 15. It says, if you love me, this is Jesus talking, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. 
The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Mm -hmm. But you know him and he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, I love this because it's like Jesus is saying, you need to adhere to this absolute line that I'm drawing Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be able to, but I'm going to give you the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit himself to help you. And just so you know, the world's not going to understand a lick of it. Right. Well, and I have, I guess when you say you can choose how you want to behave as the lie, um, I hear myself saying this to my children when they are being disobedient or on the verge of choosing to be disobedient in their behavior. So this is different, right? You're telling me this is different than... Well, what you just described is within a, a behavior construct, behavior worldview. Yes. It's like, you. yes, you can choose how you want to behave, but... Not all choices of behavior are equally moral, is what I'm trying to say. It's good. It's good. So, child, I wanted to bring that out. Choose the behavior wisely. Right. And that goes on to the next one, uh, which is number four. The nuance, uh, the facet of this idea of living their own truth, is that you can choose what you want to believe. In other words, there is some truth there. You can choose what you want to believe, but you can't choose anything you want to you want and then call it true. That's good. Yes. That's good. And that's and that's exactly what I think. Because it's funny because people will tell you, like, you don't know that that's the only way to heaven. It's like, well, how do you know? How do you know? You just, now you've just taken my little, you, what you would say, a little slice of maybe the religious pie, right? And I believe in the Christian worldview. Yeah. And you're saying you've, you've eaten the whole pie. <laughs> and you know that, that the whole pie gets, can get you to heaven. But not my slice alone. So who's the one that's standing on their high horse at that point? And so when you start uh, kind of picking these apart, you're realizing how vapid they are right and so you must choose wisely yes you can choose what to believe but we tell our children this you must choose wisely carefully that which is actually true and then live in light of that actual truth this is why we submit ourselves to scripture um and this is why when we go to bible studies and we ask the girls when because they're on they're on a bible reading plan we don't ask you we don't ask the the, our kids what does this verse mean to you because frankly i don't care what it means to them (laughs) I want to know what it means to God and what God wants it to mean to us yeah. and what he means by the word, by, by the verse, yeah, right? it's good. And so, yes, you can choose what you want to believe, but not anything you choose will be true. Right. You can't call it truth. You can't call it truth. There you go. And the, the final one is this. Again, it's the last facet of this idea of teaching your children or letting them live their truth. This is a lie we need to debunk is that the lie is this, that you can choose your savior and all saviors are equally valid. Mm. Now, again, it's true that you can choose your savior, but here's the caveat. Not all saviors can save. Right. So uh, our, our humanist society thinks that if our minds and our the humanity itself, our own faculties is our savior, mm. that if you if you think about it, every anytime there's a problem facing society, whether it's war, whether it's disease, whether it's climate change, whether whatever it is. There will always be one one uh, one solution to it: throw more money at it, throw more brain power at it. Because yeah. if we can just think about it hard enough, if we can just get the smartest minds right. tackling this problem, we can save ourselves. Now, and Jesus came and said, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except yeah. through me." It's John fourteen six. Jesus alone can save but only if he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we believe, this is why we place our entire faith in Christ because mm-hmm. without him, we're without hope. Like right. I'm gonna, we're gonna stand before our maker one day. Oh. I love that passage from, uh, who was the, uh, Alistair Begg talked about the man on the middle cross. Oh, yes, yep. Right, and and people in heaven are, are gonna be like, why are you here? And and 
if and Alistair Begg says this, if that statement starts with anything remotely sounding like because I, because I lived the right first way, person, because yeah. I in the first person. And he said, the only right answer to that question is because the man on the middle cross said I could come. Mm, so because he alone saves. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stand before God someday. And my whole eternity is going to be hanging on that cross. Yeah. And if it's not, I have no hope standing before the living God. Yeah. Because he can't look at my moral record and say, you're clean enough. No. Our, can't, our, our, our good deeds are as filthy rags to him. There's nothing we can you do. You can't look at our family and say, you, you raised them well. You did all the right things. You served your community. None of that's enough to right. satisfy the wrath of our holy God. And so we must tell them, you cannot choose your Savior. and You cannot be your own Savior. There is but one man mm-hmm. under heaven and earth that saves us. Right. One name under heaven and earth that by which we are saved, his name is Jesus Christ. And so that's the final piece is that you don't get to live your truth. Mm-mm. You live Christ's truth. And you go, we don't actually just live Christ's truth. We actually live with truth himself. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So mm-hmm. let us point our children in that direction. Let us show them the, the person who is truth himself. And may we as parents mm-hmm. embrace him as the truth in the same way. If you don't know Jesus, we want to invite you into a relationship with him to understand what it means when we say that Jesus is truth and that his truth is the only saving truth. He's the only savior. Uh, If you want to find out more information on that, just go to thenewsisgood.com. We'd love to see you there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us your truth, that you've you've seen fit to reveal your will, not in a well-edited video, not in an audio track, but in the word incarnate, the word uh, through Jesus Christ himself, but also the word in the scriptures that you've given us to say, this is your will, this is your testimony, this is your truth. So Lord, we ask you help us live by your truth and not by a distortion of it and not by truths that would masquerade or fake truths that would masquerade as if they have the answers. But Lord, we look to you only for answers. And Lord, help us to point our children to you as the only way, the only truth, and the only life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, uh, thank you for joining us. It's a long episode, so I'm just going to close it down. Okay. This episode of Fierce Parenting is... In the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.